Welcome, everyone, to Neighbors Talking Shit. My name is Paul. Also, Grandpa the Nerd is everybody in the Rabbit and Red universe know me. Um, and well, So welcome to a new show we have for you, Neighbors Talking Shit. And it just so happens I brought my own neighbor, and it's legit. We are not, you know, and we do not live states away, countries away. This motherfucker lives right next door to me. Right on the block. And, yep. So this show is true in name. So let me introduce to you, Grandpa the Nerd's neighbor, Murray. How you guys doing? It's my first podcast experience. So, Paul, thanks for having me. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good show, man. Yes, I, I I think it will be. I think it'll be interesting. I think people will enjoy it. I also think that uh, the ones who don't tune in tonight will still catch us on the replays. And that's, you know... If people can't watch me live, I'm fine. I'm cool with it as long as they watch me at some point and now watch you. Right, right. Now, I do want to say before I introduce you to more information about how I – I mean, obviously, I met my neighbor because he lives next door, but we'll get to that in a second. First thing I want to talk about is Michael J. Okay, this guy's got his movie. He's working on his Camp Nightmare stuff, and he doesn't have time. And He didn't make me a, a proper opening. So I had to move us to the green room to play the song because I had no opening. So hopefully Michael J and his, you know, he only cares about himself, but we, I guess we already know that. So hopefully next time we come on in two weeks, we will have a real opening and we won't look 110% amateurish. So once again, Michael J, thank you. Yeah, Michael J, what the hell? So anyway, I moved into this house that I'm in now. And uh, we bought it in July of 2019, and we moved in in August. We came here and had a bunch of cookouts, but we weren't living here yet. It was weird, but, you know, it is what it is. So we had to move out of our apartment. Well, I used to see Murray and his buddy Harvey sitting outside smoking cigarettes on the stoop. And uh, I always wanted to go talk to him, you know, like, "Ah, let's get to know the neighbors. Because some of the neighbors around here, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> just leave it right there man yeah so i will always want to because you know long hair they look like they were cool dudes but i was concerned because they look like a bunch a couple of one percenters like there was like a bunch of harleys in the garage maybe some skeletons you know some dead bodies <laughs> i don't know he was they look mean they look mean and you know and and harvey's got a mean limp i don't mean to pick on him but he's got a mean limp which it, you know it's maybe- a pimp limp Right, so I didn't want to fuck with them. So I was nervous, you know, but eventually we got to talking and we found out that at, for at some point, this is no lie, I'm thinking at some point Murray's dad, because I'm older than Murray, so at some point Murray's dad was in Georgia and he met my mom 
and he met her good and then came back to Wisconsin and I was born because we have so much in common. I can't believe for one second that he I ain't related to him somehow. I mean, we are very, very, very similar. It's it's kind of spooky, actually. It, it's cool, it's though. It's very cool. Yes, it is cool. So we have great conversations and, you know, all the, you know, because it's next door. And you maybe ask yourself, well, why aren't y'all doing the show together? Well, because we, you know, we want to be in our own home. We want to be in the comfort of our own home for one. And for two, it really wouldn't be anybody's business now what we do. I'm just saying. But I do want to talk about the elephant in the room one time. Well, I'll let Murray explain. Explain your next situation. All right. I have a condition called cervical dystonia. It's a, it's a form of Parkinson's. It's pretty painful. Uh, it makes my head uh, kind of turn, and if you notice, kind of look to the left or whatever, you know. So I'm not staring off into outer space, you know, and I'm not uh, really bad, but it, it, it's enough to make me disabled. So, you know, if you notice me looking to the left or kind of, you know, phasing out into space, it's just, just part of the condition. It's, uh, you know, it wasn't always like this. Used to be in a band. Used to you know, do a, do a lot of stuff. And then the neck condition kind of, kind of came on and, and, uh, just been living with it ever since. So I appreciate you. You know, you can, you know, pick on me a little bit about the twisty neck thing, but you know, just, just be kind, you know? So, so that's pretty much it. You know, I can still walk and can still semi drive and all that, but, uh, but yeah, if you see me turning like this and kind of, Going off in outer space, it's just that's that's comfortable for me. So, all right. So, there's no naked women partying over there, and you're like more interested yeah. in that. Well, there's there might be one popping in later, but we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> so. I just wanted to bring it up so everybody, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not trying to. I just wanted you know because I know there'd be somebody out there being like. Is he their neighbors, but he don't look interested in what his neighbor has to say. Yes, I just wanted every, you know, and I'll, at one time only. So if somebody watches the show and mentions, you know, a month from now, hey, what's up with dude? I'll be like, refer to the first episode. We're not talking about it. Right. Said, yeah, and done. Right. Said and done. So when I decided to come up, you know, I came up with the show on a whim and I asked Michael J first, which was weird. Cause if Murray had said no, I would, it would have been awkward, but I asked, <laughs> I asked Michael J first. Well, actually I ran it by my wife first. Cause if my wife thinks it's stupid, I might as well give it up. So I ran it by her and then I ran it by Michael J and then I ran it by you when Michael J said yes. So I was like, what if we just did what we normally do when I come over and hang out, but do it, in front of a bunch of people we don't fucking know. And I thought, you know, and you've always said you wanted to get in, do some podcasting. So I thought, well, let's get you started. So that's, 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 that's the reason that, you know, that's how this whole thing came together. It was real quick. It was real quick. And I, I I appreciate it, man. I've, I've been wanting to do a podcast for, for a while, been kind of nervous about it, you know, but uh, just jumping in and just doing it, you know, I think is, the best way to get my feet wet, you know? So, right. And, and I thought it would be good also to not pigeonhole us into something. Neighbors talking shit. We could talk about anything. We yeah, could talk I mean, about, you know, 
anything. Nothing's off limits. I mean, we could do an episode at the golden age of porn for all I care. Oh, yeah. So, yeah I, I got that covered pretty well. <laughs> so I was just like, it just made sense to me instead of making it a music show or this show, just let's just make it broad. And that yeah, gives exactly, us tons exactly. of topics. Because I know we, we usually talk about just a, a wider range of stuff anyway, like 80s wrestlers and discontinued foods. And I mean, we could just go on and on. There's, you know, we could talk about the other neighbors. <laughs> but we'll, right. we'll leave that alone for now. But I did, me and him did come to the conclusion in an agreement. We're not going to go down the, the red path or the blue path. Nah. Here. This is going to be fun. No politics, no nothing like that. Just nah, nothing, know. nothing like that. Too much of that crap in the world now, anyway. And with an election coming up, we're going to be bogged down with that crap twenty four seven, anyway. So, right, nah, don't want it at all. So we got that, and then there is a uh, rabbit in red. That's obviously Michael J. Thanks for the opening, buddy. Oh wait, wrong ones. <laughs> so. And then Crazy Rock Films is a really good guy. You can see he's already, you know, broad, swear. They may come later. They may come later. Um, Crazy Rock Films is our is a, a, a friend of Rabbit and Red's. His name is uh, Aaron Hawkins. He wrote and directed uh, uh, Evil Lurks. So he's our buddy. Um, I don't know if we really like him or if we're just pretending to like him because he makes movies. I don't know. But he's he's he he's in our neck of the woods. I won't give specifics, but he's in Illinois. So you know what I'm saying? He's he's one of those people. One of them flatlanders of, of Illinois, you know what I mean? Pibs. <laughs> but he's the greatest guy. The other uh, he was on a big Tom show last week, and I had to make a phone call and, and say my piece because no matter how much he rips me, because he rips me good on Facebook. He he makes me want to cry and suck my thumb in a corner because he's a bully. But as much as he does, he's a fucking great guy. So if he says anything that offends you, it's out of love. At least that's what, you know, my therapist says. So there you go. So this was your idea, actually. This, yeah, the, the, yeah. The top five, because I asked him, what do you want to do the first time? And. This was his. So he was born to do this because he was like, let's do that. So, you know, so this was his idea. So you can all thank Murray for coming up with a very good topic for the first episode. Don't don't. And I, I'm sure 90 percent of your viewers uh, love John Carpenter as much as we do. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you know, in my opinion, you know, him, Ridley Scott. Um, Sorry about that. Him, Ridley Scott. You know, George Romero, you know, those guys are the greats. But, uh, you know, to me, Carpenter really stands out as the definitive horror king of low-budget films. Um, so I figured a good, you know, way for us to start was to talk about his greatness and, and pick our top five and go from there. Now, I do yeah. think my list is, is going to be pretty cliché. You know, there might be a, a couple of surprises in there, but, uh, you know, all his films are classics. I mean, there's a couple stinkers in there, but, uh, you know, we'll probably get into those a little later, too. Oh, I'm, I guarantee you we will get into at least one of the stinkers. I guarantee oh, yeah. you. But I always thought of him. I love I love I love B movies. I love them. And I always thought 
Mike, when I would describe to people who weren't didn't watch movies or well, everybody watches movies, but weren't into the Carpenter type films, I always said, well, he's sort of like an Academy Award winning version of Roger Corman. Exactly. Like, Roger Corman has made like 10 million movies and I've loved like, you know, a lot of them. There are some stinkers there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but Roger, Roger Corman produced in st- great movies. Well, John Carpenter is like, a, you know, some people be like, what do you mean Academy award winning? That means he, his movies are like, they feel like Cor- Corman films, but on a grander scale, a bigger budget, you know? So that's that's how I've always referred to him as a, an Academy Award winning Corman because, you know, that I, I love his films. But, yeah, some of them I when we get to my list, I'm sure you'll probably shit your pants when I give you my first one. But because you're going to be even Rhodes was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But it's I like the movie. So so I, I'm, I'm preparing you now that number five is probably going to I hope you don't kick me out of your house next time. You know, invite me over just to kick me out because you're pissed right, off. Right. Get the fuck out of here. But uh, but I but I did want to mention that you I like video games. I mean I know you do too. I do too. And, I don't play them as much as I used to, but uh I uh I have put my time in, we'll put it that way. And I remember coming over one day and you had told me, I guess they had just announced it that day because I hadn't heard anything that yeah. that he wrote he he wrote in is directing uh, a horror uh, video game for the PlayStation and the Xbox, the newer ones. I can't remember what the name was. was Yeah, me too. For the life of me, I can't remember. Uh, It was like something like the Brothers Apocalypse or something, or the the Apocalypse Brothers, or don't quote me on that. I mean, we can look it up and find it. But the trailer was amazing. It, It looked like, it looked like, you know, Dead Rising on steroids or something. It was... Uh, you know, but it, it had that weird Carpenter feel to it. I wish there was more Carpenter score in it, but uh, it, it looked amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Ah, okay, the Toxic Commandos. All right. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know about the name so much. I think they could have done better on that, but who am I to judge, you know? Right. The trailer, if anybody wants, they can look it up. The trailer, to me felt like land of the dead Romero's land of the dead. When those yeah. guys were in those trains going out to get stuff to bring back to Dennis Hopper. That's how the, the trailer felt to me. Cause they are in a, you know, in that military vehicle, but yeah, you're right. I can see the that game. Man. The game looked magnificent. The game looked beautiful. I mean, it, 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 it there were so many zombies, you know, they, when they were out there shooting, it just, I think it's going to be good. And of course it's John Carpenter. So I'm going to, you know, if if I could buy uh, what's the Hellraiser guy? I bought Clive Barker's video game, so if I can play Clive Barker's crappy game, I'm I can play Carpenter. Uh, was that crappy? I never got a chance to play it. I thought it looked pretty good. It, Jer- Jericho. Oh uh, yeah, was, oh yeah, I remember that back in the day. Yeah, it you it know? had it had too many. The problem with Jericho was the camera angles. If you have terrible camera angles, it kills the game. Yeah, you know, if you don't have good camera control. You might as well just throw your controller. It's just, it's not even worth it. Yeah, and it used to bug the crap. I mean, you, you you know, you're hearing something and you go to move the camera and then it jerks around. So yeah. I mean, Jericho wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but it, it, it needed help. So hopefully, you know, Carpenter's been around a lot longer, you know, 
and knows how the game works because they did a game for his thing. There was the video game for the PS2. Yeah, I never got to play that. I mean, I heard it was great. The reviews were good, but I never, uh, never got a chance to bust it out. And I do believe the game was written and set up so it could be canon. I think it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we still need that thing sequel, but we'll save that for later too. Cause I'm, yes, I'm guaranteeing the thing will be on the list somewhere for us. Yes. I mean, it's the thing for Christ's sake, you know? Now here's a question from Aaron. I'll no. let you, I'll let you answer it. He's asking, uh, I guess, how do you feel about the fallout series of games? Uh, you know, I busted out new Vegas for a while. Um, uh, I got into it, you know, thought it was great, but uh, I just couldn't put in the time with it. You know, I, I thought the, the Pip-Boy thing was cool and, you know, going back and forth with the battles, you know, kind of, you know, felt a little, you know, role play kind of Final Fantasy kind of-esque, I guess. Um, but I never really got to finish it, you know, so uh, I'm not a Fallout expert. And is that I, uh, is that Aaron Poe? Is that uh... no, no? That's okay. Aaron, Aaron, uh, Crazy Rock Films is Aaron Hawkins. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'll okay, I'll start Aaron referring. I'll start. Yeah, I, I, when I refer to him from now on, for no confusion, I'll just call him Hawkins. Hawkins, because that's what I usually call him anyway. I mean, I call him other things, but he's not around to hear those. That sounds like a good director's name too. Like he, he you know what him. though? I'm I'm going to call him out on this. He made. Evil Lurks is awesome, and I can't wait for his other movies. But 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 he looks like a fucking banker. I mean, he looks like the guy who comes into the movie set and goes, "Nope, cut that out of the budget. Nope, cut that out of the budget. No, I didn't say you could do that. Cut that out of the budget." He looks like the he looks like the banker, but he, he, you, he, he, looks can be deceiving with him. He, he, now is is that like uh? Is that like Ken's movies? Can you get uh, Evil Lurks on Tubi? Is that yes, uh, you can. Yes, you right. can. Yes, you can. Well, Aaron, that's going to be on my list of uh, things to do coming up here. Uh, you know, I've checked out all of Ken's films and anything Paul throws out there, I pretty much check out because I'm I'm hungry for entertainment. So, Evil yeah. Lurks, huh? Evil Lurks. It is right. really good. I I liked it. Yeah. So. But I, the, for, for me, for the Fallout games, uh, I played, I have one and two on the PC, but they're those top down, sort of like, uh, they're the 3D side scrolling thing, like, uh, uh, like the Diablo games, where it's 3D, but you're kind of looking at it from the top. And I'm not too into that. So I've played them, but I played three, New Vegas and four, a lot more. So. I I love the Fallout games, but I like that feel of you know of the role playing because I I got a game coming out Saturday that I'm going to be spending like most of the day playing called Baldur's Gate Three, and it's set up like uh-huh. role playing. So I I did like the Fallout's, but I know they're not for everybody, you know, because some people they they want to run and gun, and you know here you gotta you know that brings up the cursor, and you can highlight certain parts of the body, and you can meet you can miss, but. I, I do enjoy the Fallout games. So to each his own, yeah, though. It was a lot to take in at first, you know. Like like you said, you know, you got all this this menu stuff, and then the location, and then you know, as Paul said, I, I'm I'm more of a running gunner myself, but I, I can appreciate what it was. 
you're welcome for the love. And I know you're trying to get it on Blu-ray, but you've been trying for an awful long time. You know what I'm saying, bud? Awful long time. But I'm not going to get into that with you right now because, you know, you'll probably end up hurting my feelings and make me cry. And then, you know, my wife will be mad. And You're from Illinois, so there's already one strike. And you're from an area she's familiar with, so there's two strikes. Whereabouts? Um, I don't know if he wants me to tell where he's from. Oh, okay, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, somewhere down there. Somewhere down there. Somewhere right. down there. You, I can tell, but I'll tell off air because, you know, it's not like you're going to go in, you know. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. I don't have a problem with that. There's no White Castle there, so you really have no reason yeah, to go. Never, never, never going to be there, man. Okay, I so I don't get out much, but to White Castle, that's that's somewhere I would go. So he authorized this much since he wrote it. He's in the Aurora area. Okay, all right, all right. Been down there. It's been a few few moons, but uh, you know, I know that area a little bit. Yeah, Aurora. That that was a good old uh, Wayne's World made Aurora popular. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The giant donut. I don't even know if the giant donut's still there. Um. But, yeah, I just, this is the Murray that I was talking about on my show that one day. He's the guy that I went and brought, you know, White Castles is very sacred. I know a lot of people don't get it. And, you know, some people are like, you know, it's like the Harold and Kumar movie. It isn't, White Castle is sacred. White Castle is, it's just that special treat that you only get, you know, yeah, everybody's, well, you can buy it in the grocery store. No, dude, it's not even close. Getting fresh White Castle with the pristine pickle on it. It's just, it's something I get maybe once a year. So when, when Paul brought the sack of 10, that was, it was a magical moment for me. You know, yeah. you folks in Illinois, you know, you have it around you all the time. Don't appreciate it like we do, but White Castle's where it's at. Yep, and the and the and Wisconsin's a big state, and out of this entire state, we have one, and it's in Kenosha. But it probably does such good business; it'll never go anywhere because, well, people drive an hour and a half to go get the food there. So yeah, yeah, and yes, the stories are true. It makes you spend a lot of time reading your phone in the bathroom, but you know what? It's worth the bathroom trip. Yeah, see, some things are are worth the pain. Yes, you know, some things are are worth the Duke, if you know what I mean. Yes, very much so. Yeah, we we won't get into Duke too much, but yes, yeah. Like like Hawkins said, he appreciates White Castles, but his neighbors don't. <laughs> yeah. That works, man. All right, so let's get into it, and I'll let you All start. Right. So we'll go with your number five. Okay, it's going to kind of be. Uh... A little weird order, I guess, uh, but my number five is actually Halloween. Okay. And, I thought um, it would have been higher for you. Yeah, see, I thought Halloween would be a little bit higher, but when I looked at all the other movies and thought about it, I mean, the cultural impact on, on of Halloween is profound. You know, created the franchise, all the sequels, Michael Myers, absolutely love it. But for me, I didn't really get to see the uh the john carpenter's halloween until i much later i was about 17 or 18 i started with part three uh saw part two on cable and then finally got to see part one 
Um, and I love it. I mean, the score is iconic. The score should get it higher on my list than it does, but that's just where I put it, you know? So, uh, you know, love it to death, but, you know, compared to some of the other movies, um, you know, I would rewatch the other movies before I would probably rewatch Halloween, but that's not saying that I don't watch Halloween at least twice a year. Okay. So, yeah, the, Okay, I'm gonna explain something to you. There's two things in this world that Michael J, if you like, will like love you forever. One of them is I don't know why. It must be something because he's younger than us, so it must be something that happened to him as a kid. But he really loves Slimer from the Ghostbusters. He okay. loves All Slimer. Right. Okay. Um, he hates that muncher thing from the re- from Afterlife. He thinks it's an abomination. He hates it. He wants to kill it. So if you're a Slimer fan, you know, if you drink your ecto, he's gonna that's one point. He's also the world's biggest, I think, Donald Pleasance fan. Because here he wrote uh, yeah. he loves Donald Pleasance. So if you love Donald Pleasance too. You're you're in. Well, of course, it's hard. It's hard not to love the Don. You know, he. Uh, you know, it's. I can't think of a whole lot he's been in, other than uh, Halloween. I mean, I've seen. I know I've seen him in a ton of other stuff, but nothing is coming to mind right now. Okay. But uh, you know, I I love the guy. You know, how can you not love Doctor Loomis? I got lucky enough. Uh, in my twenties, I had a, a doctor and his name was Dr. Loomis. And I, he never, like, he didn't get it. Whenever I would talk to him about, dude, you're Dr. Loomis, you know, am I like Michael Myers? You know, he had no idea what the hell I was talking about. So, and then I'd tell him, you know, it's the doctor on Halloween and he just got, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No idea. <laughs> but at least I can say that. Did you at least like your Dr. Loomis better than Dr. B? I won't use Dr. B's full name because he's still around, but you know you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. B. Uh, he's finally getting stuff taken care of for me, but, you know, you shouldn't have to go, you know, have five, six different phone calls with a doctor to make stuff happen. But, yeah, dude, we'll just leave it as I like Dr. Loomis. I would rather have the real Dr. Loomis than, than Dr. B any day. Well, Michael Michael J. now states he needs to find this Dr. Loomis. Does he still practice in Wisconsin? Do you know? Man, that was so many years ago. That was, God, I might have been 26. So we're talking 23 years ago, you know. Um, He might be with the the real Donald Pleasance now. Right, right. I think he was an intern when I was there, so... Uh, he's probably gone on and, and gotten his own practice and everything. And cool doctor, cool guy, you know. Well, hey, Michael, if you really want to find him, you can Google him, and you can, you know, he was a he was a young doctor, you know, many moons ago here in Wisconsin. So you might be able to find yeah. him. I'm not. Yeah, gonna he, be... he might still be around. Yeah, and if you get a restraining order put on you, don't blame us and don't get us involved. And he still probably won't get the joke. You know, if you talk, oh, you're Dr. Loomis. What? Okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't think I trust anybody that that hasn't seen Halloween 
or or loves Halloween. You know, I mean, it's just it's so iconic. It's the father of the slashers. You know, even though there was a couple before it, you know, like Black Christmas and and uh, some other ones. I think The Burning came after. But, I mean, just Halloween, man. The guy can retire off making Halloween, but he makes a hundred other good movies, you know? If I recall correctly, and I'm not a horror expert, but if I recall correctly, I think The Burning did come out after. Right. But I, but I think it was actually filmed before i think it was one of those movies that was made in the late 70s but they didn't do anything with it at first i think or it might be friday the 13th that you're talking about because they had the whole camp setting and one of them was made after the other but came out before um yeah it was either halloween or friday the 13th but you know you know the burning was harvey weinstein's first movie that he produced. Yeah. Yep, it was his first yeah. movie. And there was a lot of uh 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 Hold on, he says it did. Okay, you need to clarify Michael J. What which one was shot in 79 but came out in 81? That your is it The Burning that was filmed in 79 and came out in 81? Okay, when he gets the answer, I'll pop it up. Right. Um but yeah, I that was also uh what's his face? George from uh George Costanza who played Yeah, him? yeah, Costanza. He yeah, plays like a little he? jock guy, right? Like Yeah. He's yeah. like a jock, you know, trying to get all the women and it's so weird seeing him, you know, Costanza in that kind of role, you know, that it's it's jarring, you know. But you want to know Go ahead. The funny thing about that is you he was you could see him starting to get thin already. You know, yeah. his first movie yeah. was already losing his hair. <coughs> right, right. So you no, know, here he said, yeah, he says the burning <laughs> came out in 81, but was shot in 79. Gotcha. So Halloween so Halloween still came out before the burning. Yeah, I think Halloween kind of set the tone, you know. I right, you know, there was there was others, you know. I, I've been watching a lot of lot of low budget slashers lately and you know there's some there's some crazy ones out there but oh yeah but halloween is king i still would say i'm more of a friday the 13th fan but i still love halloween yeah i would i agree with your cultural impact statement because it's very much it was i love halloween i think it's a great movie I think it was I think it's a great franchise. It has its ups and downs. But the funny thing is Halloween is not on my top five list. Oh wow. That, yeah, it's oh, not wow. even on okay. Yeah, it's not even on my top five. As much as I like it, I just don't think it's one of his best. Because I always felt when I watched it as a kid, I always felt it was so slow. See, I, I was I was just gonna say the same thing. It's so low on my list because I feel that it just, it's a slow burn, you know, and when it gets going, it's great, but you know, there's compared to other Carpenter movies that are just razzle dazzle fast. Awesome. You know, like, like you're saying, you know, it's slow, but uh, go ahead. Sorry. I kind of cut you off. (laughs) 
He just said blasphemy. I just I it, <laughs> I understand what Carpenter was doing. I understand the the slow build because you know I get it. It was it was. I don't have a problem that he did it. Yeah, just it's the movie. Right, but for me personally, I always thought it was just so slow. You know, you know when when I would get I would be enthralled every time I saw uh, Loomis, and that's because the first time I ever saw the first time I ever saw Donald Pleasance was in a movie called Fantastic Voyage, and I thought that movie was oh god, cool. how could I forget that? Yeah. So I was always a fan of his, even when I was little. But when I did see Halloween, you know, I was enthralled in his parts of the film and. The way when he would talk about Michael and that intensity and he was you could tell Pleasance was in that character. But it was like all the other stuff with the kids and it was just it just moved too slow for me. But and but to be honest with you, as much as a fan of Friday 13th, I am. I always felt the first Friday 13th move kind of slow, too. It had that they Uh, wanted that slow burn, too. Yeah. See, that's the first Friday the 13th movie for me is it ranks pretty low. I mean, I don't really like the first one. You know, sometimes I don't even count it in the, the pantheon of uh, Friday the 13th movies. But, but yeah, you're right. They're both kind of slow burn. But, yeah, it's but it sets the atmosphere. So, yeah, don't don't get me wrong, man. Saying, saying it's kind of slow and everything does not take away from, from my love of Halloween. Right. I mean, I love Psycho to death. That shit oh, was God. slow after, you know. <laughs> it, it, I grew it, up on Psycho. I, I, I loved it. I, I loved everything about Psycho as a kid. It was pretty much the first horror movie I ever saw. My dad turned me on to it and just, just loved it. Yeah, and that's a slow burner too. You're right. But it's uh, Psycho is perfect to me. Oh, yeah. It's, it, yeah I love Psycho. So... I'm going to throw out my number five. And this is, like I said, you're probably going to invite me over just to throw me out. But my number five John Carpenter film is Ghosts of Mars. Ooh. Ah. Wow. That kind of threw me off. I'm not going to kick you out because I love Ghost of Mars. I think it's cool. Um, You know, it kind of came out at that time when everybody was into the whole Marilyn Manson goth heavy metal thing. And it's weird. I think ice cubes in it, right? Yes. And you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I have to revisit it, but I know that I liked it when I saw it, you know, it's gory. It uh, was one of his later movies. I dug it. Why do you like it? I liked it because it was very, it had heavy action. There was a lot yeah. of action in that film. Yeah. Um, I like the isolation they had of the train being right. stuck. Yeah. And, you know, it just the the, the atmosphere. I like the atmosphere because it was it had the same kind of atmosphere as like Alien, where okay, this is the future, but everything looked run down. Run down, not beat up, right. lived yeah, in. they yeah, they didn't keep you know, it's not like Star Wars where everything looked brand new. This was, right. you know. Yeah, so it, it felt real. You know, I, I don't I I do enjoy a good fantasy film like Star Trek or Star Wars where it's like everything looks new and it's so high tech and it's beautiful. Yeah, I love that shit to death. But I do like having my sci-fi sometimes dirty and grungy. Yeah, just and, grimy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's the sign of a good low budget sci-fi because it's like right. he had the money. 
he probably could have got the studio to throw so much money to make it look new, but he still went with the good old fashioned. Let's make it look run down. And I like that. And it still felt like a Carpenter movie. You know, it's because, you know, he did some other ones like, you know, the ward and all that kind of stuff that came later that that just didn't feel to me like Carpenter films, but ghost of Mars still had it still had, uh, you know, I, I think they could have tweaked some stuff to make it a little better. It didn't make my top five, but I certainly appreciate it. Like, I mean, uh, I, like, I like that main, the main villain dude, the big crazy looking guy with yep. the long hair and everything. And, and I think it had a great, I think it had a great cast. I mean, I, I it, it had uh, a Nastasha Hendridge. Yeah. And I, I liked her. I've, I've always, I've liked her movies. Of course, it had Ice Cube. It had Jason Statham in it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. It had Clea Duvall. Okay. And come on now. It had Pam Greer, dude. Pam and how Greer. can it do anything with Pam Greer? You know, Foxy it's, Brown. Yeah. Man. You know, how can you? Coffee. How can you? It even had you... Jo- it, it even had Joanna Cassidy. Okay. It had Robert Carradine, the nerd. He was in it. Oh, yeah. See, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Of course, everybody's favorite... Asian bad guy Al Leong. All right, he was in it. It was just, I just, it was an awesome movie. I just, I just love the action, you know. And it came, you know, it came, you know, it was two thousand one. It came, it did come at a bad time, but it was. I thought it was a good choice, and I, be, I really liked the story. I mean, you know, it's. There was somebody, you know, other species on Mars before we got there and started doing everything. And it just, I just really, Mars fascinates me. I did an episode right, yeah. of Mind Jacked on Mars. Yeah, so that's cool. why, yeah. So that I've always, since a, ch- a young child, I've been fascinated with Mars. So you make a movie about Mars, I'm there. I think I've seen every Mars movie, good ones and bad ones. But I just thought it had a good cast. Even Ice Cube, it was at one of his earlies, and he still did a fine job. I mean, he, it was he wasn't acting. I was looking at NWA's Ice Cube. Yeah, I was going to say he Ice Cubed it out quite a bit, right? You know? But I was, but I was okay with that. I just thought, you know, and look, I'm not one of those kind, you know, not to get we're going to do the political thing, but I do want to bring this up. I've never been offended by a strong female lead in a movie. So I was fine with Natasha Henderson kicking everybody's ass. I was fine with it. So I just thought all around it was a good movie. And I know like Rhodes is an example. He picked on me like to no end about it. He did say he would revisit it, but I'm sure he hasn't. But I just felt it was an underrated movie. You know, it was it was a good movie. It came out at the wrong time. I think if Ghost of Mars had came out in the 90s or even in the 80s, I think it would have got more love. Oh, but I'm I think sure. But I think a lot of people looked at it and been like, well, I mean, where's all the cool special effects and da da da. So I, I believe I be, but I think at the heart of it, it's a good film. I just that's I just I love Ghosts of Mars. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And I, I you know, I kind of applaud you for putting it on your top five because that is an odd choice. I mean, it would have been lower, way lower on my list, you know, top <laughs> yeah. ten, but you know, it's good. I, I, it's still John Carpenter. You know, right? I told you I'd have one of his stinkers on there for you. Right. Well, I wouldn't call that one a stinker compared to 
you know, well, I don't know where your list is going, so I'll state my opinion till. Okay, till we'll later. we'll bring when we're done with the list, we'll bring up some of the stinkers. Right, but right. we'll wait. We'll wait till we're done. Right, right. So, if you are ready, I am ready yes. to hear your number four. My number four is "They Live." You know, how can you go wrong with Rowdy Roddy Piper? You know, uh, subliminal consumerism subtext. Uh, you know, just freaky aliens, the longest fight scene in any recorded movie, I believe. I I still think it has the record. And most uh, brutal getting thrown out a window. Yeah, yeah. The only thing about They Live that, that I would complain about is the second act. You know, it kind of loses me a little bit. It's not as memorable as, you know, the beginning half of the movie. But the premise and, and how it overall still stands true today. Like, I, I think They Live is more relevant today than it was when it came out. You know, because it's kind of like these creepos that are doing it. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. You know, it's like, right? you know, hey, we're creepos. We're controlling your mind. You're just going to have to deal with it. But, you know, we won't get into the political stuff. But you know how it goes, man. Right, but, uh, right. And, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper, I wish he would have made more movies. I mean, I loved Roddy. So awesome. Yeah, he I was. I can't remember that other guy's name. He was in The Thing, too. Do you remember his name? Um, His name is Keith David. Keith David. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just saw a thing about Keith David and his uh, uh, voiceover work. So I should have known that right off the bat. Because there's a white actor named David Keith. Right, right. So, so yeah, he's Keith David. I always refer when I try. To, my wife gets confused, so when I refer to Keith David, I always say that Spawn's in that movie because he did the animated voice of Spawn for HBO. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I always refer to him as Spawn. Gotta love that man. But no, that that I, you know, I I agree with you so much so that my number four was also They Live. Hey, hey out there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're lining up there, man. You know. Yes. So Did this is a sort. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was no, gonna I say was... this. No, you go. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. That have you seen the figures that they made for They Live? The uh, they got a whole toy line. It's just I, I want it so bad. But no, go ahead. Go with what you were saying. Well, those toys. Those are the are those the NECA, the NECA. Yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw the Roddy Piper one. I was like, damn, that looks good. And then I scrolled down and saw the price, and I was like, uh, yeah, nope. that's uh, kind of what turns me off too. You know, it's they, they, everything's all fine and dandy till you see that price, and then then it's it's no good from there. Right. I mean, I have. My wife is a very cool, cool lady. Like you said, you know, I got it made. She lets me do my nerd thing and she likes white castles and all that. So she's cool, and but she she's not burrito. Yes. You like those breakfast burritos. I told oh her. You liked them. They she's were, a... you know, it, it's, I know we're getting off topic, but <laughs> you know, you know, like I don't want to compare it to McDonald's, but you know how sometimes you go and get a McDonald's burrito and it's just, amazing and you know and just those things were like a thousand times better than mcdonald's man just well you could have put like three or four of the mcdonald's burritos inside, inside yeah i mean it was things 
You know, it's... Well, since we got off the subject for a second, I will say Monday we're supposedly having pork chops. She fries, she breads them and fries them. And then she has a white country gravy. So you're probably going to get some of that. So I'm Monday, you that. Might, yeah. So Monday you might be getting a good old pork chop dinner. Just uh, that'll work. Yeah, any food that can come my way. You know, I looking at me, I don't need it, but you know, I need it. <laughs> yeah, you need it. Sustenance is important. Yes. But for yeah, but the only thing about they live that I didn't like, and I don't know why, I don't like the I didn't like the female. I've never liked her. I don't like the way she looks. I just and I'm not talking about beauty. I'm talking about she looks shady. Those weird blue eyes, that voice. I just oh yeah, and, yeah. I, I know she always looks like she should be a villain, you know, and just yeah, just kind of just like she would creep you out in real life. Right. You know, if you met her, you'd be like, uh, you'd kind of get a weird, eerie feeling about her. I, I know exactly what you mean. Right. And I've seen tons of movies. I think she was even in, wasn't she, which which zombie film was she in? Was she in Halloween 2? Or was she in one of the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Devil's at the, the, the Devil's 3. She, oh my I God. Think, yeah. Uh. Did she do a cameo in Devil's Rejects? No. I just I was she one of the ones that died in the hotel at the beginning? You know, now I got to look. I, it could have been, yeah, because I know I know that she was in a, a Rob Zombie movie, but I can't I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look it up, but yeah, I've seen a lot of her movies, but I just can't get into I don't think she acts very well. Her name is Meg Foster. Meg Foster, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, she was in a Rob Zombie film. She was in Jeepers Creepers three. She was, uh, she was in Masters of the Universe. Yeah, I was she, just gonna say she played uh, Evil Lynn. Yeah, okay, in she was of the in, universe. Yep, she was in Lords of Salem, and she was in Thirty One. So ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And, you but know, I've, both, both. Uh, I don't know. Though they were okay movies, but. Meg Foster. Yeah. I just I just never thought she had any skill. She was the one part of the movie I didn't like. And every movie she's ever been in, she's always been the part that I didn't like. I'm not saying the movies, you know, obviously I like the movies she's in because I like They Live. It made my list. But she was the only part of the film that I was like, Ugh, her again? And it, you know, I just... No, but I, like you said, that it had the, the best fight scene. You know, like, that thing looked real. And right. from what I understand, there were some real accidental punches uh, landed in, in the making of. Oh, so for sure. For sure. Yeah. But I, I just, and it was awesome when they did the fight scene. He did do a wrestling move. I think he did a fireman's carry. Right. And, and yeah. Brought him yeah. Over. So I was like jumping for joy. Like, hey, he got to do, a, he got Super to do. A, a yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was, you're right. The second act is a little weird. It, yeah, it, it, it always, like, every time I try to rewatch it, I don't know what it is. Like, I'll get through all the stuff in the beginning and the setup, and then just when they go to, yeah, you know, they go to the church and all that stuff, and they're trying to put together the resistance. I don't know. It just loses me, but I still love it. You yeah. Know, it's still on my list. Yeah. So, since we both have the same number four, you can go ahead and say you're number three. Okay, number three probably won't come as any surprise, but Big Trouble in Little China. 
Oh man, do I love this movie. Jack Burton, you know, out of all of uh Kurt Russell's roles, you know, Jack Burton is still probably my favorite. You know, and and uh Lil Pan and and the Raiden dude and the fucking you know, the whole just the whole movie, man. Who's the who's the guy Egg Chen? Like you know all these guys' names. I, I'm not really good with James the James Hong. Now was the he who, David Lopan? Lopan, yeah, James Hong. I know him, but who was oh, the Victor, other guy? Victor like, Wong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that guy? Yeah. V- Victor Wong was Egg. <laughs> yeah, dude. That whole movie. Oh my god. I mean, when I first saw it, I was blown away because you know I was a little, you know, kid in the '80s that loved kung fu. And and loved weird monsters and shit and just anything Chinese and Japanese and uh, uh, just it still stands up today. I mean, I revisit Big Trouble in Little China at least once a year. I mean, it's it's to me it's it's almost a perfect film for what it is. You know. Yeah, it um, the one character, uh, Wang Chi, the Dennis Dunn, he was this was his first, but he was in another Carpenter film later. But yeah, he was, I liked him. But you know, my favorite modern day, I'll say my favorite modern day because I love, I have a huge collection of 70s kung fu movies. I got the Mill Creek 50 box and all that. I love, I love martial arts movies to death. <clears throat> but my favorite modern day martial artist, it's not Jackie Chan. It's not Jet Li. I am a huge fan of Carter Wong. I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with his work. Carter Wong is the body. He was. He's a body. He was a bodybuilder too. He's the one that blew himself up. <gasps> oh yes. <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had. He had the lightning bolt. He was like the Raiden of the. Yeah, the Raiden the guy. Yeah. No wait. Yeah. No, he wasn't the, the guy that blew himself up. Wasn't the Raiden guy? Because wasn't okay. the Raiden guy somebody different? I mean, you might. Be, I haven't seen the movie in like two years, right? But right. I do know Carter Wong is the guy he's, who yeah, he's made himself expand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just don't think he was the Raiden guy. Okay, but because uh, okay. uh, the Raiden guy, you never really got to see his face very much because he had that hat covering his face. And... Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he was Thunder. Peter That's... Kwong was Peter Kwong was Rain, and a guy named James Pax was Lightning. Right, right. So yeah, you you're right. I was wrong, but he is the guy who blew himself up. Yeah, dude, and, and the, the guy with the fucking blades on his hands and shit. That yeah, dude, that movie's awesome. Yeah, I, but low pan man, low pan looks so cool. Like, look, James James Hong is like one of the best Asian actors. If you want to yeah. do out, I mean, he's been in a lot of movies. I mean, he's yeah. been in a lot. I think like two or three hundred movies. He's right. still making stuff. He's like yeah, ninety you, years old. He's still making. Movies. He was in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. He uh, he plays a pretty pretty big part in that. I mean, he's older than Dirk, but he still he still did pretty good. So, and 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 that's the thing about James Hong. You look at him, you're like, man, he's gotten old. But if you close your eyes and lay back, he sounds like he did when he was, you know, when he did. Yeah, you know, that's the weird part. You look at him and he's ninety years old, but he's still. Ah, I can't. I can't do his voice, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought 
this movie was like the only part of the movie. Here I go again. The only part of the movie I didn't like. I'm not a Kim Cattrall fan. Oh God, Bob's <laughs> Kim Cattrall, man. When I was when I was growing up, you know, I'm sorry, dude, with those green eyes. We're talking. <laughs> We're talking some nefarious behavior <laughs> with old Kim Cattrall. Yeah, I don't you know. know why. I just I just couldn't get into her. I well, like the now, other. Later, though. I mean, now that I watch it now, after Sex in the City, Kim Cattrall, I can agree with you. Like, oh, it's Kim Cattrall, you know. But when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, she's hot, you know, just. But I get it. I get it. I, I preferred the blonde from. uh uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of not the Temple. Uh, uh Last uh, Crusade. No, it was the Temple of Doom. I like. I felt. Oh. I, I like. I the one who was married to Spielberg for a little while. I can't remember. Yeah, her name. to Kate Kate Capshaw. Yeah, I was more of a Kate Capshaw kind of guy than. Yeah, and a now, see, we got it reversed. I hated Kate Cash. Kate, <laughs> whatever her name was, I I yeah. did not like her because my dad didn't like her. You know, so I don't know if I was taught. You know, it's not that I don't like Temple of Doom, but my dad was like, oh, I can't stand that bitch. <laughs> Why, then? What's wrong with it? I just can't stand her, Jesus Christ. You know, so I, okay, all right. So, so if you went to a movie now that she was in, he'd sit in the theater and say that again, right? Oh, I probably only way she got that movie was because she was sleeping with Spielberg. Man, I hate her. <laughs> Man, you know, She's not married to Spielberg no more. It doesn't matter. <laughs> would, he, would he have turned and looked at you and been like, you should have told me she was in this movie, damn it. Right. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> me and my dad, we go see a lot of movies together still. So that's definitely a possibility that that could happen in the future. Okay. Well, uh, my number three was Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, man, it's too weird, man. We got like the same kind of brain going on. I think my number two is going to throw you, though. I think my number two, uh, and it almost was number one, but once you, you know, the glory of number one cannot be topped. So what's your two? uh, My number two is Starman. Whoa, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I love Starman. Uh, See, I, I didn't saw, expect that. I didn't expect right? that. Yeah, yeah. And I figured that'd be the weird one that would throw everybody off and be like, oh, man, what the, is this guy some kind of pussy or something? You know, like, <laughs> no, dude, I uh, I saw Starman when I was really young. And I watched it with my mom and had it on videotape. And I watched it over and over. And there's just something, you know, other than it being Jeff Bridges and Jeff Bridges is pure awesome. He's just really endearing in that movie. And it, it's so, it's so not a typical Carpenter movie. I love it though, that he can, he showed that he can direct. He's not a one trick pony. You know, he doesn't, you know, you, you go from a movie like Starman to big trouble in little China. You, you know, you wouldn't even know that was the same guy. You know, it was right. You know, it was it was a scale back movie for him. It was a hit. Uh, you know, he he had to. He had a couple failures in there. Um, 
which I have no idea why they failed. But, you know, Starman to me was just just a beautiful movie. I just, I, I couldn't get enough. Okay. That's, I watch, I had, um, I had Starman. I watched it a lot too as a kid. I watched it so many times that I, I had it on beta. I wore right. out the beta, I wore out the beta tape. So I had to right. bring my dad's beta machine into my room and get his copy of Starman and redub it. I did watch it a lot. Um, as a kid, because I found it fascinating. G -g he played that role so innocent. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. It's so innocent and endearing and believable. Like, you know, I bought it. You right. Know, I, I, I wasn't like, well, you know, this is Jeff Bridges cheesing out. I really thought he was like, you know, the, the whole kind of like a newborn on earth, you know, just. And, you know, in the scene where he, he brings the deer back and, you know, spoiler for anybody that's not seen a 30, 40 year old movie, but <laughs> it's, you know, just, it, it's awesome. You know, like when he gets his first bite of apple pie, you know, that the whole bit just, and that, you know, you go from Halloween where you love it because dudes are getting stabbed and killed and it's violent. To something like Starman that you love it because, you know, it's so pure at its heart and what it's trying to say. And yeah, so to me, that really shows off John Carpenter's chops as, as a director that he can he can do a 180 on a dime and still squeeze, uh, a, you know, a, a blockbuster out of that dime, you know, like. Right. Yeah, know. it was. It, yeah, it was. I will agree. It didn't make my list. But it was a memorable movie from my youth. I don't know if it would still. I don't know. I haven't watched it in so long. I don't know if it still holds up today. Right, right. I should probably check it out to see. But it, I do have fond memories of watching it as a kid over and over again. I So I can see where it would make your list, though. Like, I'm not, like, totally opposed to it being on your list. So. And I, I, I struggled with it being so high on the list, too, you know, because I figured people would question it but you know like i said for me that it had more of an impact on me um you know growing up than the other films did so that i guess that was my real introduction to john carpenter was starman you know and then everything else came after because i now i don't like i said i'm bad with dates and stuff but i think this was the first this was my second Jeff Bridges film. If I'm correct, I do believe Tron came first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tron well, did come first. And, of course, you know, after Tron, us 80s kids, you know. Right. Yeah. He, so he was, I... Go ahead. I did... I do remember when I saw Starman, I was like, yeah, that... that he he's the guy from Tron who got sucked into the thing. Cause when you're a kid, sometimes I don't know how it was for you, but I would watch movies sometimes and it wouldn't click. Like, like if I saw something old with Carol O'Connor in it, it didn't hit me at first that it was Archie. Maybe after a couple of more down the road, it would, I'd wake up one day, you know, watching, say, did I see Archie in a movie? And then you turn right. to your folks or somebody's like, Hey, was, was Archie? Because we didn't. I don't know how about you. When I was a kid, I didn't know actors' names. When I saw oh, a movie, I didn't either. 
So like if I saw like when I saw, you know, Archie and something, I would flat out say, hey, Archie Bunker's in this movie because I didn't know Carol O'Connor was, you know, I I saw his name every episode when it aired. But it, my, you know, our little blank brains don't work right, you know. Yeah, if they so, weren't in Star Wars, I didn't know their names. <laughs> like Harrison Ford, yeah, you know, I knew that name when I was four years old, you know. And but yeah, the other names, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I'm so old. I remember thinking David Prowse was Darth Vader because the original run, James Earl Jones's name wasn't in the opening credits. Wow, he didn't crazy. get. He, yeah, he didn't get put in till later because he was just brought in to do the voiceover. He wasn't in the credits at first, and then they added him later. Now he was an Empire, but in Star Wars, the only thing in the op- the original theatrical version, James Earl Jones' name was not in the opening credits. It was just David Prowse. Yeah, yeah, and David Prowse—he's an ugly looking dude, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he got that face, you know. No offense I, on him, you know, may he rest in peace and all that. Right. But no, I can, I don't have a, I think that's a very valid choice because, you know, it was something that stuck with you. It was, obviously it stuck with you so much that it made your list. So I would have yeah. to say, I would have to say, I give you credit for putting it on your list because you could have chickened out. Yeah. Cause see, it was low on the list and then I kept switching everything around and I'm like, Nah, dude, I have to go with number two because of how much I love, you know, the movie. It might be the nostalgia or, you know, like watching it with my mom and my mom loved it so much. You know, uh, you know, my introduction to to the, to those kind of movies, you know, but it, it's still it's a damn good film, you know. So if you don't like it, fuck off. There you go. <laughs> so my number two is totally different, which leads me to believe I think our number ones are probably the same. But my I number two, so my number two is Prince of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. I had to I have mean, a Donald, I had to have a Donald Pleasance one on my list, but I thought Prince of Darkness was was way for me way better than Halloween. You know, I ha- I'm having a bitch of a time finding Prince of Darkness. It's it's like I think it's on Amazon, but they want like, you know, seven, eight bucks to rent it. But I cannot find Prince of Darkness on any of my streaming stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, my decoders, if you know what I mean. Right. But uh, I can't find it. I've been wanting to see it again for many years because I uh, I went and saw it at the movie theater because uh, it had. um you know, it had Alice Cooper in it, and it was so freaky, atmospheric, you know, like where the dude melts into bugs and everything. And like, yeah, it's just it was a great movie. Didn't make my list. Still loved it. Yeah, I I, I did. I wanted a copy of it and I had never, ever got a copy. I had it on VHS. But, you know, through the years, your VHS tapes disappear, a machine yeah. eats them. So I lost it. And the moment Shout Factory put it on 4K, I was like, nope. So I ordered it. I didn't. Did, oh, you know, man, so- you might have to loan that to me for a night because I have never been able to own a copy of it. Never found it on VHS. Never found it on DVD. Now I can't find it streaming. 
you know, so that movie might have actually come in higher on the list if I revisited it, but it's it's so hard, you know. But if you got it, man, you know, it, it's, love, an, man. it's an awesome movie. I love the story. I love the story because it's an ancient story. It's not right. it's it's supposed to be the ultimate evil in that in you know, from yeah. back in the day, from when you right. know got before Jesus was born, you know, he's the right. yeah. you know. And I was just, and I love how it was possessing everybody. You know, yeah. the guy, yeah, the the one guy who was eating the bugs was possessed, and then all the homeless people were yeah. were possessed. Yeah. And when they tried to escape, like Alice Cooper killed the dude with the with the with the chair the, of the bicycle. Right. So I was like, I was enthralled with it. Like I said, I'm a big, I was a Donald Pleasance fan as a young man. So when this one came out i was like well i had to see it because donald was in it um it had a great cast it had there's not a single actor in that movie i don't like um and it just it just i just i don't know it i just thought it was great and it had one of the best endings you know and like you said it's it's like a 30 year old something movie so i'm just gonna say if you haven't seen it then you shouldn't be watching the show with people doing you know something john like carpenter this. discussions yeah well, donald pleasance is a priest and the whole time shit's hitting the fan there towards the end, he's hiding. Self-preservation. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Plus, he's a priest. You know, what is he going to do? But the lady gets pulled into the mirror because the evil went in with her, and he just smashed the mirror. He sacrificed that woman to save everybody else, but it's like you'd think the priest would, like, try to, you know, here, give me your hand. I'll help you. No, he smashed that mirror. He tried to pull he's her like, out, but he, he pulled the dick move and yeah, yep, get in yep. there. Yep. Yeah. And I and I was like, that's an awesome ending. He didn't try to sugarcoat it and oh, the priest would have saved. No, he self-preservation. So I yeah. that's that I just I love it. I think it's a great movie. And it, you know, it I think it's one of the ones he's done. I I I you know it is horror, but I think it's along the same lines of Starman. I think it's a lot, it's underrated. A lot of people yeah, yeah. That it's just it's it's a forgotten gem in his catalog. Yep. That uh that just keeps getting overlooked. Uh right. and like I said, dude, I, I really want to see it again. Uh I think tonight after our show, I'm gonna try to seek it out one more time. I mean that and uh what was what was your friend's movie again? Uh Dark Evil Lurks. Evil Lurks, all right. Okay. Evil, Evil Lurks you can find on Tubi and right. on your uh on your I have um, my 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 little stick that's plugged into the TV was created by Misfit Mods. I don't know right. who made yours. You should be able to find it. There's an app on there with a hat. Uh, it's got a guy with a hat. Yeah, if you look on there, if you go, you could probably try to. I would just go on IMBD and look at the year, and then just go through the year list because I think it's on there. I think it's on there. I think I saw it one day when I was scrolling through movies because we both have okay. different builds of the same program. But right. we have the same we have the same add-ons and stuff. So you should go through. I forgot what the app's called, but we'll just leave it nameless. You know what I'm talking about. I do, I do, yeah. So yeah. I'll look through and I think I know where to go and, and what you're talking about. But I'll yeah, this this the same app that you were using when we watched what was the Schwarzenegger Alyssa Milano film we watched that day when I came over? Commando, man. Commando. Yeah, the Commando. same thing that had yeah, the same thing they had Commando. That. Yeah, that one might have uh might have it so you should look yeah you know hopefully there's some commando fans out there and you know yeah. my one of my favorite action movies of all time 
Well, I think you and me both know, and everybody else knows what number one is going to be. Because if right. it's not, I'm I, I'm going to whip you, Paul. If <laughs> if this movie isn't on your list at all, I'm going to be shocked. Uh, and if it's number one, you know, I'll, I'll know that we got the same brain. So, number one, Memoirs of the Invisible Man. <laughs> I'm kidding. You lost me. You lost no, me. Yeah, dude, I'm out. No, the uh, it's, of course, the thing. The number one is John Carpenter's The Thing. This movie melted my mind. As a child, I don't think I was ever the same after this. It was the coolest fucking thing I had ever seen in my life. The practical effects have never and will never be beat uh, or even duplicated, in my opinion. Just the the atmosphere of the movie, the the overarching theme that you don't know who to trust and the isolation and holy smokes, man, the thing. And, and I cannot believe it almost ruined his career. You know, like when the thing came out, it bombed with critics. It was a dud at the box office and he actually had to make Starman to kind of recomp uh, his name in Hollywood. And, and of course the thing went on to become what it became is, you know, a cult classic and sci-fi body horror, uh, you know, masterpiece. But, you know, at the time, people just didn't get it. They wanted E.T., uh, you know, happy shit, and it just didn't do well. But thank God it, it had legs, you know, like like the little head that popped off, you know. Well, to believe it, but believe it or not. There's only one thing in the world that my wife cannot watch and she cannot watch the thing. And the reason she can't watch the movie is because her dad played it for her when she was young. I don't know if he played it to watch with her or if she was just there while he was watching it. Right. But she has, she cannot watch the thing all because of the dog scene. Yeah. It yeah, the, yeah. It freaked her out. It scared her. Cause she's got, she's five years younger than me. So I don't know what she was doing. Or I don't know how, when she first saw it, but she was young enough for it to scar her. Yeah. So she I, can watch see that. I have you to know. watch it alone. I can't even lay in bed and watch it. She cannot, I have to like be in another room to watch it. She will just, she'll, she'll kill me. If I watch, try to watch it, she will not. So that's a pretty brutal scene. So I guess she had to have been really young. Cause I thought it was, Look, I, I I was I felt bad for the dog too, but I thought it was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I felt bad for the dog, but it was amazing to watch. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was so iconic. Scene that got me every time is uh, the defibrillator scene. Oh, with you the teeth, where it breaks it and bites his arm off. Did you know that they actually got a double amputee? Just to do the stunt double part for that scene. So when the jaws closed and ripped his arm off and he was like, ah, that was really a double, a double amputee, like standing wow. there with goo on his arm and all that. At least that's the, the legend I heard. I don't know for sure if it's true, but I just, but. it, it, 
Well, for one, it's got Kurt Russell, so there's a win. Well, always a win with Kurt, man. Then it's got Keith David. Another another win. It's got diabetes in it. Everybody likes war for Britain. You gotta put me in this. Put me in this cabinet because I got diabetes. But I don't know what to do. (laughs) But it was. I loved it because you're right. It, It it and this is the same feeling I got with Ghost of Mars. That isolation. Yeah, just that. Yeah, like the original Alien, you know, like you cannot escape this right. environment. You know, you're toast. Right. right. I like movies like that. I don't, I'm not a big fan of movies, you know, that I just, I like isolation. It's like when you watch like, like Walking Dead, okay? I watched it just like everybody else did, but I never finished it because I was getting tired of all the drama. I did it too. I it was, I it was it. a soap opera with dead bodies. It wasn't a. Sh- it, it lost its for me. I, I I lost interest. But it's like it's such a vast when you when your whole you can go anywhere you want. So it always made me. It didn't have that. I like that. I like to feel claustrophobic when I in in my in my horror movies. You know, I like I like that. Like. You know where are you gonna go? You're 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 screwed, pal. You're going nowhere, and that's the kind of shit I like. That's why Ghost of Mars made my list, and that's obviously Alien or, or the Thing. The Thing is the first true, I think, isolation movie I had ever seen because it was another one that I saw on Beta. So it was back in the, you know I saw it back in the day, you back know, in the eighty. Yeah, I think it was nineteen eighty two. It came out if I remember right. I think so- I. I think I saw it in the mid. It was the first time I ever saw it was either 84 or 85. Right. I'm going to lean towards 84 because that's the thing that's, I got into horror because of a a uh, tales from the dark side helped me move into horror. Uh, The night gallery helped me and, and the the thing was in there. Um, But yeah, it, it, it watching I oh here's the thing I was when I saw Friday the Thirteenth the first time the whole time I watched it you know I'm a young guy and I'm thinking to myself uh why don't y'all just you know keep running just go in one direction you know or why are you going from cabin to cabin go yeah, like get the hell out of there yeah <laughs> take the boat and and you know get in the boat go out to the middle of the lake and then just you know go to the other side of the lake I just always was like why aren't you trying to get away. And then, you, and then along comes a movie like The Thing, and you're like, well, they can't get away. They're fucking stuck there. Yeah, so, there's absolutely nothing they can do, you know. It's, right. And that's and how the video game was. Isolation. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Definitely, definitely still to this day my number one. And it still holds up. I mean, I, I, I watched it again after all these years, and it still feels the same as it did back then. Like, wow, dude, like, you know, just trying to figure out how they made all the scenes and how they filmed it. And it just, and the, the, the prequel or whatever, it had so much promise, but the studios at the last minute made them digitally bathe everything in CGI. It was supposed to be all practical effects. We could have got another good thing movie, but. That they had to, they had to digitally puke all over the whole thing, and just, didn't stand. Didn't Stan Winston do the first thing? Was 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 it him or was it Phil Tippett? Who did the the thing? Do you know? Offhand? I want to say it was Phil Tippett because I don't think, 
Uh, who? There's Rick Baker, Stan Winston, um, Tippett. Then you know Nicotero and all that. I think Nicotero had something to do with it, though, didn't he? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look real quick. Yeah, because I think it might have been really early Nicotero. It's, it's hard to say. I'm gonna. I put think because I can't type on a keyboard. Because Google and all these guys think everybody that uses a phone has small hands, so they make the world's smallest fucking keyboard. You know, you could tell whenever I send you a text message, you could tell my fat thumbs like screw everything up, dude. And I, I don't even bother fixing it at this point. You know, just you, you can understand what I'm saying. Botine worked on the thing. Yeah. Okay. And then the dog transformation effect, that was that was Stan Winston. But Rob Bottin yes. did did most of the special effects. I had just watched a movie the other day that Bottin did. It was one of his first movies. He was like 16 years old when he did it. And he made all these, he made all these uh rubber piranhas. He was in Joe Dante's Roger Corman classic. Oh, he, piranha. He, he, yeah, he made all the piranhas, but he was like 16 years old when he did it. Right, right. Yeah. So it was Botin and Winston did the dog. So you know, see, so many. Good. It's funny. So many good people are tied to the Piranha series that, uh, you know, like James Cameron did part two. Yeah, that was one of his first uh, first movies. I mean, we'll save James Cameron for another day. That's yes. You know, James Cameron. Yeah, you know, Jesus Christ, he's another awesome director. I like John Carpenter more than than James Cameron, though. Yes, well, that's hard to say because aliens. But well, we'll save that for another discussion. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> but yeah, the the thing I just I just think I think it will hold up until this planet explodes because it's just the whole isolation thing. The whole you know, you not you don't even know who it is. You know what I mean? You spend the entire right. epi- the movie at- like. Yeah, and, and, and at the end, you still don't know if either of those guys are the thing, you know? Like, right. It's, uh, I'd love to see a part two, but I think that would destroy the, uh, uh, what an ambiguity, uh, whatever, you know? Like, it would destroy the, the, the mystery of the ending, you know? Yeah, I think <laughs> they should leave it alone. Cause when you talk about the prequel, I bought it. I, I found it on Blu-ray for like eight dollars. I said, you know what? I liked it. I actually liked it. Um well, yeah, yeah. the CGI and all that, but I they, they linked it up. They linked yeah, it up. Yeah. The the very beginning of John Carpenter's the thing is the very same end with the dog running and them trying to kill yep. the dog. Yep. So it's and like so the, the vein guy, uh where his veins came out and all that and you yep. know, two face, twisty face, you know, like dude's yep. face looked like my neck, you know. <laughs> it uh so I, so I thought it I thought if you put a I would have if you put them both together and made one long movie, it would work. Even right. though the CGI, if you if you throw your mind to just the story, not the special effects, but just right. the story, it runs smooth. And, and and I gotta clarify something out there. I would still rather watch the thing prequel before a million other movies. So I, I say I don't like it, but it's because I'm disappointed with it. Like they, I just feel 
they had such a great opportunity to to make that huge story that you're talking about if they just would have just cut down on the the digital cheese but i get it they had to do it and this is why i'm a big fan of people like hawkins and ken because they're not compromising themselves right right there's no there's no suit going you can't do that you can't do that and that there there have been so many movies so many movies that had so much potential but hollywood put their put their prints on there yep and just and totally, totally screwed it all up yep you know and it's sad and that's one thing about Car- that's one thing about carpenter he did succumb you know to the studios at one point but now i don't think he would ever do that you know i think now he would if he wanted to make a movie now if they said well you really can't do this i think he'd say fuck it and just walk away i don't yeah, think he he would. he would either not do it or he would do it you know twice as intense you know it's right it's and god i love his music man john carpenter scores oh man yep his son does it with him now you know his son's a musician yeah yeah they they just put out an album not too long ago yeah and 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 they work well together yes you know yes yep and i i i wish carpenter would be willing to make music for other people, not just him. I would, I, I would love to see, you know, a movie done by someone now, but you know, Hey, Mr. Carpenter, could you do the music? Cause I really believe his music is like, I would honestly say, and I, I dare say it, but I would put Carpenter's scoring up there with John Williams, you know, uh, John, yeah, Williams, yeah. John Williams may have a huge orchestra behind him, but when you break it down to the music, just the writing of the music, John Carpenter is just as good as he is, you know, as far as, you know, iconic scores. Yeah. I mean, John Williams, he's got that whole arsenal behind him. John Williams can come in with a keyboard and completely create a world atmosphere with just a keyboard just by himself, you know, and he's just, he's the ultimate punk rock, do it yourself director that, pretty much you know created the movies of our childhood you know the the best ones you know just uh you know he wasn't a george lucas or a spielberg but he's definitely his name should be listed with the greats right and it's so iconic i mean that christine alone it's totally quiet nothing's going on them headlights pop on and the music fucking start yeah Yeah, fucking right you know that's I, oh yeah. yeah and christine by the way would have been my number six okay. christine was on the list and off the list uh love the movie my dad was absolutely fanatical about it because of the car you know and everything and uh just great atmosphere great you know great movie all together now there is one carpenter film that a lot of people cannot stand at all and i actually love it i had a screener copy on vhs and i used to watch it like two or three times a week so you're probably going to be shocked it didn't make my list because it's not that good but i really love his village of the damned i i thought it was pretty good i i I definitely i just watched that about a month ago um it's the first time i watched it so I got uh, into it later on in life. It's kind of like that that uh, 
uh, the Carpenter movie that escaped me, I guess. But I watched it. Um, it's hard for me to uh, see Christopher Reeves as anything but Superman, you know, and that <laughs> it, it's a travesty because he did some other good movies. And uh, right. I definitely liked Village of the Damned, but, uh, you know, it's it's pretty low on my list, but I did dig it. Now, so, go ahead. Did you ever see Memoirs of the Invisible Man? No. I, I have never, never seen, seen it. John Carpenter hates it. He disowns it. He, you know, basically the whole Chevy Chase is a dink kind of kind of stuff, you know. And uh, I've been meaning to watch it, but I just I, I wanted to get your opinion first. Okay, now that you mentioned it, yes, I have seen it because it's Chevy Chase. I remember seeing it as a kid, or you know, in my younger, not like that little, but I remember seeing it now. And yes, I did not like it. I did not like it. Yeah, like it was marketed like it was going to be a comedy, and it's not. Right, you yeah, know, I didn't like, like it. Like a, a strange existential crisis kind of movie or something, and just never seen it, you know? Yes, Mr. Nanners, Prince of Darkness was my number two. Mr. So it Nanners. Was, so it was talked about, yes. So, um, but yeah, now, before we go, I am going to ask you, what do you, it, since you haven't seen Memoirs, but of all the Carpenter films you have seen, what do you feel is the worst one out of the ones you've seen? Okay, out of the ones that I've seen, my least favorite one would have to be Vampires. It, okay, and only because I, it, that was uh, James Woods and uh, who's the other guy? Um I can't remember who even was in it. I just, I know that I didn't like it. You know, I know that it, it didn't gel with me. I didn't like the characters. I've never, I've seen it one time and never revisited it. But, uh, you know, but then again, there we go. You know, it's John Carpenter. I would still rewatch Vampires before I would watch a Twilight movie. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. So that's. That's still the lowest of the low for me. It just yeah, it I agree with, with you. Me. Yeah, I agree with you. And my biggest disappointment that revolves around John Carpenter is that Showtime or HBO didn't want to pick up Body Bags. I think that would have been a great anthology show. Like you know, oh, yeah. I wish because I have the trilogy on DVD. I loved, I loved it. I loved him. He didn't really have anything to do with it. He was just the host. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he play like a weird, like, he was either a mortician or like a scientist guy or something, and he was, he was he just introduced the stories. Uh, yeah, he was in a morgue. He was a mortician, yeah, yeah in the morgue. Was, yeah. And, and, he, and he was talking about, you know, he told the story behind the dead body, and then two other guys come in the room, and he's like, well, I got to go. And he got inside the body bag and zipped him up where he was actually the dead guy. He, he, yeah. He, he, yeah. I was disappointed that that didn't get picked up by Showtime or somebody. So vampires would be my the worst, and the most disappointing was no body bag. So yeah, right. I. Uh, but pretty much me and you's list, with the exception of uh, Ghost of Mars. Ghost of Mars was different, and uh, and our number two. You yeah, had, the number had, twos were different, but it is so weird that we were so close. But yeah, the next topic we'll have to discuss like. 
uh, influential thrash albums or something, or <laughs> like uh, top top five hair metal bands, or or something to that effect. You yeah. know, something where we can have because because John Carpenter, you know, it's it's you know it's pretty easy. He's got his movie catalog, but you know he's got his best ones that are pretty much loved by everybody. But right. I think it was a good discussion, man. Yeah, I think it was too. Now I'm going to so we can we can talk over here on our music, but I'm getting ready to hit our uh, going out of our going out of business uh, uh, song. So let me kick. Yeah, that I got I got to go get a smoke, man. I got to go sit down. So, but I had fun. It was a great first episode, I think. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next, but because you live right next door, it's easy for me to walk on over. And we can discuss what we should do next. So we will get it figured out, man. Yeah, and when we do, yeah, and when we do, Michael J will uh, will promote it everywhere. Right, and and, and I will too, man. I will too. I yeah. I was nervous and shy because it was my first podcast, but now that we got it, I think it was good. Yep. So. So. Without further, I thank you for doing this with me, and I'm looking forward to our next one. And uh, I'll play the music a little bit, and then uh, I'll talk to you uh, after I end the broadcast for a minute, and then uh, we'll call it a night. So thank you, everybody, for watching Neighbors Talking Shit. Uh, Thank you, you, Murray, for joining me, and uh, I'm looking looking forward to a great future of us talking shit. Sounds good, man. Have a good night. You too.